I'm Kate. And I'm Jesse. And you're listening to Cocktails and Content Creation. <laughs> Let's do this. We all have that inner stardom in us, whether we know it yet or realize it, and really helping women kind of crack that open so they can be seen and get what they want and get paid to get what they want. Welcome to Cocktails and Content Creation, the podcast dedicated to helping you easily create content with confidence. I'm Kate Andrews. And I'm Jesse Wyman. Welcome back to another episode of Cocktails and Content Creation. This is episode 72. If you're enjoying the podcast, why not leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening? We would love to know what you think. For today's episode, we're chatting about how to be your own publicist, which I'm very intrigued to hear this, especially from, it's from Julie Solomon, who's got a very popular podcast and and um, different programs a lot of influencers have been in. So this is going to be interesting for me. But before we go any further, Jesse, what are you drinking today? So I've got a chai tea latte. George went to Starbucks this morning, so oh, I told him to pick me up one. You know, nothing, nothing special. Don't really have anything lined up for after work, I'm sure I'll find something in the fridge later. I'm sure you will. Some more of that boxed wine, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, uh, you know what I found recently? Topo Chico. Oh, yeah. You've been talking about it. Yes. I don't know why it's been something that's so upset. So it's so funny. So I, you know, we heard about it on this podcast from somebody like several episodes again ago, and I've been kind of obsessed with the idea and I, you can't find it anywhere. And finally, I was at Whole Foods oh, a couple of week, maybe a week and a half ago. And I found a case and mm. it's even not, it's not even that expensive for Whole Foods. I think it's like $12.99 for a case of 12 in our area, um, which again, think about Whole Foods and how expensive it can be like, not bad. So I bring the case home and I'm so excited. Like this is something exciting for me. I really want to try this. And it's the one with the hint of lime. And I- I'm so proud about it. Left it on the counter and Alex comes home and he's like, oh, Topo Chico. I'm like, you've heard of it? He goes, oh, yeah, I have one every once in a while. They sell it down at the bodega at the in, in my office. Oh, funny. I'm like, I had no idea. Why didn't you tell me about yeah. this? Like, yeah. So oh I thought God. I was doing something like super uh, special and had found something. I mean, still, it's a lot cheap. It's actually a lot cheaper at Whole Foods to buy for a case than it is to like get it, you know, by the single at the bodega. But I'm just like. Mm. They call it bodegas around here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Mm -hmm. I was, I, the first time I heard the word bodega was when I was living in New York. So I was like, "Ah, maybe I used a word that's not. No, no, they do. I mean, I don't think it's like that common, but yeah, I've heard it plenty. Yep. Well, I thought it was something special and oh, well. Oh my gosh. So funny. Yeah. I know. Well, all right. Well, now that we have that important business out of the way, let's get into our discussion with our guest, Julie Solomon. Julie Solomon is a speaker, business coach, and host of the top-rated podcast, The Influencer Podcast. She is also the author of Get What You Want, How to Go from Unseen to Unstoppable, which teaches you how to shake off outdated ideas of what is possible and use your newfound belief to make anything you want happen, which is what we totally believe on this podcast. Julie has launched several successful online programs, and in her weekly podcast, Julie offers up real-time coaching, straight talk, and conversations to her millions of listeners worldwide, which I happen to be one of. Today, Julie's going to talk with us about how we can be our own publicist. So, Julie, welcome to the show. Hi. Thanks so much for having me. Well, thank you so much for being here. So, for, for our first question, which before we get into all the good stuff, we got to talk about the first good stuff, which is, what are you drinking today? Ooh, so I have, we'll have a water. 
Um, I try to stay hydrated when I'm chatting all day. And then today, actually, which is kind of different for me, I have a a three hour old ice (laughs) watered down Dunkin' Donuts coffee with two (laughs) shots of sugar-free vanilla. And it did have some cold foam on it, which is now gone. And, but of course it sounds disgusting, but I'm still going to drink it because that's what you do. Yeah. Uh, So of course, (laughs) is it caffeinated at least? Ex- extremely caffeinated and that's that's which I, need. I need after my brush with death with my zoom <laughs> yeah, yes. so. that's all right guys, that's all right we finally got here we're good well we'll just say you're running on duncan right is that <laughs> that's the saying right and as Crawling. massachusetts as massachusetts girls we run on duncan as well yeah. so you're fitting in right with us so all right yeah well, I gave a little bit of a roundup of, of, of who you are, but tell us a little bit about your journey. I know it's a, a lot of stuff that happened in your life that's gotten you here to where you are today. Yes. So, um, let I mean, there's so many ways I could go with that. I'm going to, I will start kind of with the the business side of things that obviously kind of flows into the the personal side of things. I grew up in a really small town in Tennessee, decided to move to New York when I was fresh out of college with no job, no place to live, no friends. I'd only been there once. And I was like, this is the place for me. Um, Got a job after really kind of just white knuckling it for months, putting out resumes and getting really scrappy with trying to find the right contacts. I got a job at a music PR firm, which laid the foundation for my background, which is music publicity. did that for a little while, cut to, I moved back to Nashville, Tennessee, started working for HarperCollins as a book publicist. So I was basically doing the same thing, just instead of it being Lenny Kravitz, it was Dave Ramsey. I know they're like the exact same person. So <laughs> that made a lot of sense, but you know, instead of musicians, it was these big thought leaders and um, did that for a few years. Again, just really laying that foundation of my PR and marketing background, met my now husband, moved to Los Angeles, found myself kind of again, like no, well, I did have a place to live because I was with my husband, but you know, no friends. I was working virtually kind of as a contractor at that point, um, publicist. So I would freelance, um, but no, you know, I wasn't going into an office. So it was like, I wasn't connecting with people there. Um, I, I was in a new city. I was pregnant with my first child. And so as a way to try to meet and connect with people, I had to, again, get really innovative, innovative. And around this time in Los Angeles in 2013, Um, this idea of blogging was really becoming a thing and blogging had been around for a while at that point, but, but building a personal brand online through blogging and then being able to monetize that was becoming a thing. And so I saw this opportunity. I was like, well, I'll just do what every, what every girl who moves to LA does. I'll start a blog, you know, and this will kind of be my way to get into the city and to meet people. And, um, And this was really before, this was like 2014, 2015. So this was before brands were really working with content creators or bloggers or influencers or whatever people want to call, but it's all the same thing. You know, women who want to build a platform and who want to monetize it. Brands weren't really working with them unless they were a celebrity or, you know, kind of at a really high level. And so the only way that, that, 
people that, that these women were making money at the time was more through affiliate links. And so then I got on that affiliate link rat race and I started, you know, do you want to buy my shirt? Do you want to buy my earbuds? Do you want to buy my hair? Like whatever you want it, you know, you, here it is. And that if, if anyone is, is listening or, you know, if, if you guys even know, if you have ever gotten, I call it the affiliate rat race. If you've ever gotten into that, it takes so much work and so much time to make like $40, (laughs) you know, it's like you were, you know, I was running around LA creating all this content, buying all these clothes from Nordstrom, returning all the clothes from Nordstrom, hiring these photographers. I didn't have money to do any of this, you know, so overspending money, um, trying to build this fashion lifestyle mom blog presence. And it just, that wasn't working for me. And so one of the things that I started to tap into, because I would go to these events, these blogger events, and there would always be brands there. And this is when, you know, brands were wanting to get in front of these bloggers to build brand awareness, but they weren't really paying them yet. It was like, here, I'll gift you this mascara and then you can go and talk about it. Um, And people would be like, Ooh, I get free makeup, like sign me up. But then again, after a while, like that gets old. It's like you're working a lot and you're not making money. And so I found an opportunity to to start to use my pitch skills to try and pitch myself to make money and also pitch myself to get media because that's what I knew. Like I wasn't doing this affiliate thing well. You know, I wasn't great at even like lifestyle content. That just wasn't my thing. But I was really good at PR. I was really good at marketing. I was really good at branding. So I started to be able to, you know, after kind of about a year of like throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing what stuck, I started to pitch myself to brands and I was able to start to monetize pretty quickly. And then I would have women that would come to me and they would say, no offense, Julie, but how is it that you have no followers and you're making money and I have all these followers and I'm not making as much money as you. And I'm like, yeah, well, you're actually leaving a lot of money on the table because you're not pitching yourself. You're not getting yourself in front of these brands. You're just doing affiliate links or you're just waiting for the brand fairy to like fall down from the sky and give you money. So let me teach you. And so I started to consult one-on-one. And then of course I had a capacity limit for that. And then around this time, this was cut to 2016, online courses were becoming a thing. And that was just a way to educate and inform people on various topics. There's a course for anything and everything nowadays. But at this time, no one was doing, no one was teaching content creators how to think like a business. No one was teaching bloggers how to monetize. No one was teaching them any of that. And so I had this idea. I was like, obviously, these women don't want my lifestyle content. They want my expertise and 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 my background and marketing and PR. So how can I provide that in a way that doesn't limit my ability to do the one-on-one? So I created a course in 2016 called Pitch It Perfect, which completely took off. It has now gone on to to make multi-multi-million dollars in revenue, which is just insane to think that a course that I literally created on a laptop in three months went off to do that. But it's because of the solution that it provided. And it really touched in on a felt need of a lot of women. And you don't even have to consider yourself a blogger or an influencer. You know, I don't think anyone considers themselves really a blogger anymore now, but, you know, content creator, creative, influencer, um, coach, you know, anyone who wants to build and monetize a platform online, 
started to really benefit from this, from this course. And then from that, um, about a year later in 2017, I started the influencer podcast and then that really exploded the, just my own personal brand and awareness and then cut to now we're 2022 post pandemic. I've had another baby. Um, and I've birthed a third baby, which is this book, get what you want that comes out on June 7th. So that is a very long winded kind of way of, of how I got to where I am today. And, you know, it is really my goal as, as a coach and as a, a thought leader now to, to help anyone that has that dream and that idea, I call it your, your star, your stardom, your star quality. We all have that inner stardom in us, whether we know it yet or realize it and really helping women kind of crack that open so they can be seen and get what they want and get paid to get what they want. Now you said, you know, you started off as a publicist. I think there's a lot of confusion about what a publicist really does for their clients. And, you know, you've, you've worked with some big names. What, what work would you do like on a daily basis? So that Mm. just so people have an idea of what, what this whole thing involves. Yeah. And that's a great question. And I also, before I answer that, I'll preface this by saying publicity 10 years ago looked completely different in a lot of ways from publicity. Now Um, that landscape, really started to change when social media kind of took the, you know, you didn't really need a publicist to get you out there because you could get yourself out there through, through social media if you knew the right framework to do it. So, you know, 2007, 2008, I was pitching clients for, you know, they would go on tour. So if Lenny Kravitz was going on tour, I would be pitching the San Francisco Chronicle to cover the show or, you know, the New York Post to do a review or those kinds of things. Um, If, you know, the Bob Marley estate was coming out with, you know, a compilation album, I would be pitching Spin Magazine, Rolling Stone, GMA, whatever that was to get, you know, the people that, you know, his children and whatnot to go on and to talk about that. And so it was very, I would call that traditional PR. And we would have to focus on longer form media, which those are your magazines and, you know, that, that need more lead time mm-hmm. in order to include things. And then we would be doing a lot of short leads. So at the time, podcasts weren't around, you know, social media wasn't around. It was just the dot com and then some blogging started to take hold. So that was traditionally what I was doing. And then when I when I went into the book world, it was essentially the same thing. I would be pitching to trade publications, to newspapers, to media outlets, to TV outlets to get my client coverage. And I think nowadays, the way that pu- that publicists work, you still have that traditional strategy in the sense of, you know, I have a book coming out, so let's pitch it to GMA, let's pitch it to the dot coms. Now we have podcasts, which to me, I think are, that's the golden ticket. Like a GMA, nice for the vanity metrics, but it's not going to sell you books. No one, wa- I mean, who watches G? I mean, it's like my mom watches GMA, but other I than the that, Today show mostly. So right. Yeah. Love the today <laughs> show, but it's not this, and you, you can even tell by the ratings. I mean, the viewership yeah. of all of those morning shows have just tanked. And so, yeah. you know, they're actually looking for content creators that have big email lists and big social media platforms, because they know if they get those people on the show, those people are going to promote it and it's going to be more eyes to GMA and today. So I think kind of 
and it's in some ways I get nostalgic about it because I just, I come from that traditional landscape, like gone are kind of the glory days of like, you know, you have this book come out and it gets super successful and Oprah wants to sit down and talk to you about it. I mean, that was always the big thing. Everybody wanted to be on Oprah. Everybody wanted to be on Ellen. Everybody wanted to be either on today or GMA. And nowadays it's still nice to have those vanity metrics. Just like it's still nice to get a magazine feature, but who's actually flipping through those pages. You're going to get more eyes and you're going to convert on a podcast, on a social media plug or on a .com. And so it just kind of depends on what someone's strategy is. I just think there's more ways to connect and convert now that we didn't have all those years ago. And so, you know, I think a a tried and true publicist today, they're not only doing some of that traditional strategy, but they also should be thinking a little bit more expansively as to what partners can we align you with? Let's do an Instagram live, you know, run that never used to exist. Like what else can we kind of do to, to get you in front of the right people who want what it is that you're selling essentially? I was actually on the other side of what you're talking about. Cause I started off work as a television producer and yeah. so I was the one that people were pitching to. All and I started yep. this in 2010 and I did this for, I did that for six years, almost seven years. And by the end of my time as a television producer, like Yes, we were still getting people reaching out to us to pitch the fact that, you know, this book was coming out or this show was coming out or whatever. But then they were also asking, well, what other coverage can you give us? You know, are you doing are you active on social media that you can promote us on there? You know, and in this again, this is like 2016 before Instagram lives and all this kind of stuff happened. And, you know, I think that I don't even know if podcasts were a thing at the time. Right. But people were starting to ask, like, well, how else can you plug us? kind right. of thing. And it changed in those six years. So it's kind yeah. of, you're, you're totally right that the, the landscape has changed for people in general to get the word out about what they're, they're doing. But it sounds yeah, like with and- that, you can get way more targeted to your point. Like mm-hmm. you can, who's actually watching GMA or the today show. You can almost get more targeted with your publicity, Podcasts. like yeah. going after the podcast. we your, your audience might listen to like right after like, you know, whatever.com is going to make sense for you. You can be a little bit more strict. It sounds like that, that holds true versus maybe, you know, 10, 20 years ago. Yeah. And I think that, you know, who those shows want to cover is completely different. Like they don't have bookers just for authors anymore. Like they're rarely going to cover an author unless just someone on the team really loves the author or there's some kind of tangible takeaway. And when I say tangible, like demo driven, you know, that's why they love to showcase chefs and cooks because it's, it can be a a demonstration of something. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's really about, I think on, you know, if you're someone who's wanting to pitch yourself for media, it's really getting clear on like, why do you want this? Like, and the van- if it's vanity, that's fine, but just be, be realistic with yourself about like, why are you so dead set on good morning America? Like, is it really going to move the needle for you? Is your ideal customer, audience member, listener really there? And like, what's the goal with mm-hmm. that? Um, and then also getting realistic. I think that people you know, and, and two, I, I think that people also tend to hire publicists way too early and they end up kind of investing money 
too early, which then makes them feel like they've wasted money. And it's not that it was a waste. It's just that you weren't ready to hire a publicist. You didn't really have a tangible thing that they could go out into the marketplace with. And you hadn't laid the foundation of your own personal brand yet. You know, a lot of people will come to me and they're like, okay, great. I just did a collaboration with, you know, Burt's Bees. I want to hire a publicist. And it's, but but what, for what, you know, what is that publicist going to do? And so I think that also 10, 15 years ago, PR was kind of one of the first things that you would hire. I would say now, especially for people that are personal brands and building a brand online, you know, it's kind of one of the things like, I'll give you an example. I've been building a personal brand online for almost seven, eight years. And I just hired my first publicist because I have something that you can actually hold and take out to the marketplace. And before it just, it didn't make sense. So if someone has a book coming out, that's a great time to hire a publicist or, you know, maybe they're aligning on a huge, maybe they have a capsule collection or some kind of product line or something like that coming out. But I would also say, you've got to have a personal brand solidified first. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, if you're kind of a new name that would essentially be a no name in the traditional media landscape, it doesn't really matter if you have a product coming out because you haven't laid that personal branding foundation first to really give you, to give you kind of the the roots that you need to be able to grow. And so I think that that's something that has always been the case, but, but now more than ever, because it is so, I don't want to say it's so easy to grow a personal brand, but like the barrier of entry now is so low. You don't need to hire a publicist to build your personal brand. You can build it yourself on social media first. Totally. And I mean, there's, there's so many ways you can create your own graphics, create your own logos to try to create that brand recognition, you know, using your own voice, obviously, you know, um, there's been this wave of, um, authenticity being Mm -hmm. much more desired online instead of that showing that picture perfect feed. Um, you know, people are getting into more real life and we have reels where we're showing the behind the scenes and everything like that. So we know now like what, what a, you know, a publicist does and kind of why we should try to form that brand before we start working with one. So how can we start acting as our own publicist? What are like some, some easy ways to kind of move in that direction? Yeah. You have to start pitching yourself and get really good at it. You know, if you can't toot your own horn, how do you expect this publicist that you're going to hire to be able to do it? If you haven't laid the foundation and really been able to go to go out to the marketplace to say, look, this is exactly who I'm talking to. This is exactly what they're interested in. I've talked to these brands. I've talked to these companies. I've talked to these media outlets. This is what they want from me. This is what they don't want from me. Or just in general, this is what their goals are. This is what they're interested in. And this is how I can be a solution provider for that. So the biggest mistake I see people make is that they don't pitch at all. They don't learn how to do it. They think that it's just going to happen to like opportunities are just going to come to me when I'm one day magically ready and somehow someone's going to know that. (laughs) And it's like, no, you have to create those opportunities for you and you have to learn how to pitch. It's not sleazy. It's not slimy. We're in sales, whether you want to admit it or not, or whether you like it or not, sales is service. Pitching is service. You are being of service when you do those things. And so, um, that's kind of, I would say the foundation, you have to learn how to be your own publicist by pitching yourself, by showing up, Um, you can't hide yourself and expect to be seen or hide yourself and expect some publicists to make you seen. 
you have to really get out there now more so than ever because the landscape is so saturated with so many people that are trying to to be seen you know um that used to just kind of be tucked away in hollywood and it's not now i mean everyone on social media in some way shape or form dare I say, wants to be famous. And even that can be very triggering for people because they're like, I don't want to be famous. Like, I don't care about that. But it's like, but do you have a voice and a message that you want to share with the world? Do you want to build a platform? So Mm -hmm. in some ways, it's not that you want to be famous for necessarily like the glitz and glamour and recognition, but you want that notoriety. You want that impact. You want that exposure. You want to, if you want a publicist, like, Clearly, you want to get your name out there. So it's just about, you know, being really honest with yourself about, yeah, I have something to say and I'm proud of what I have to say. And I have a message and I'm a solution provider for people. And this is what I do. And this is how I do it. And what the pitching is going to allow you to do is like, first, you're going to get a lot of no's, which is fantastic because that's where you learn. You learn from your no's. And so if you're not getting any no's, then that means you're not making any pitches. You're just sitting in the corner, not being seen. You're just waiting for it to happen for you. But if you're going out to the marketplace and you're pitching yourself and you're getting no's, that's great because we can learn from our no's. Mm-hmm. Oh, that you don't want to work with me? Okay, great. Let's talk about that. Why? And then that's when you can start to craft and reshape your offer, your messaging, who you're talking to. Are you talking to the right people? Are you, are you wasting your time trying to talk to an audience that is not interested and the services that you have to offer them, that this is where all the clarity comes in is by taking the action. But what most people do is they sit around and wait for the confidence first to then get the clarity. And I'm like, no, the, the confidence comes from the clarity. You get the clarity by taking action first. And then from that action, you learn what you need to learn. You can refine and you can tweak, and then you get the confidence to keep going. And so that is the biggest thing that I would say for people that you have to start putting yourself out there. You have to learn how to pitch. You have to learn how to craft the right pitch. You need to figure out who you need to be sending those pitches to. First and foremost, what is your goal? What's your mission? What are you offering? What's the value in what it is that you're offering? Who are you offering it to? Where are, where are those people consume their content? Where are they hanging out? You know, what kind of resources or people do they trust? How can you start to align with those resources or people or partners um, and, and laying the footwork in that? And it can actually, if you have the right framework, it can happen very quickly. Um, a lot of times, you know, the first problem I see is that people just don't pitch themselves at all. Or the other problem is that they'll try it once or a few times and then they don't hear anything back. And so they're like, oh, well, clearly this doesn't work. But what tends to happen is that they're kind of formulating a pitch from thin air. They're not learning a proper framework. So that's kind of like buying a plot of land and being like, okay, let's build a house. It's no blueprint. Let's see if it stays up. Right. (laughs) It's like, you know, or, hey, I want to bake a cake for my son's birthday with no recipe. Let's see what happens. It's not going to happen. Yeah. I mean, it might, but would you want to eat it? I don't know. Is it going to be the right amount of ingredients? Who knows? You know, I'm going to have a dinner party. I want to make, you know, this amazing spaghetti with meatballs, just going to wing it. See if hopefully it tastes good. So (laughs) that's the thing that I always say. It's like, well, it's not going to work if you don't have the right framework. Nothing works if you don't have the right framework. It's like trying to drive a car with no gas. Like you need the gas. 
Now, you said something really interesting about asking people when they come back at you and say no. You mm. said, you know, to ask them, do you like, have you done this and, and people are willing to like explain to you that? Yeah, I've done this really? for 20 years. I mean, since well, I started yeah. as a publicist, like I had to learn, you know, my boss was like, do not come at me with no feedback. Know. Yeah, Like I had to do a PR report every single week and it couldn't just be didn't hear back or passed. It's like, why did they pass? Yeah. And yeah. so I learned very early to learn from my nose and that's, and to, to me that also, and this is what I teach, you know, all of my students inside pitch it perfect. It's, you know, I'm, I dedicate, I challenge them to go out and make a hundred pitches like within, and here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Once you have the right framework and the right pitch, you can send 30 pitches a day. I have students do it every single day. They're just, you know, Tuesdays and Thursdays are their pitch days. And they're sending out from, you know, nine to 10, 30 pitches. This, this framework, this idea of pitching yourself, I'm kind of almost seeing like two concepts with it because of your Uh background in PR. Now this could be pitching yourself to almost get like more exposure, right. Or, or whatever, but it could also be a pitch for a a business or a service provider or an influencer to work with a brand or me as a brand photographer to get another client client. Right. So it can be exactly. like, it could be exposure-based pitches, like to really sort of get the word out or actually to get more work or right. money. <laughs> I mean, I've had students use my framework to get a job promotion, to pitch themselves to their boss, to, to get a job promotion. The other thing that we, that I share a lot, there's the framework of pitching and then there's the framework of negotiating and the art of negotiating. And so I go through a lot of the frameworks of that as well. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I'll have people come in to be like, you know, I'm, I'm pitching client, you know, I just started an agency. And so I'm pitching people, you know, new clients, I'm pitching media outlets, I'm pitching brands to, you know, collaborate with me. Um, I'm going to do a a local event in my town and I'm pulling together a sponsorship deck. And so I'm going to start pitching to these potential sponsors to cover the stack. I run a nonprofit and I've got to go raise money. So I got to go pitch, you know, why should people give me don't, you know, give me their donations over anybody else. And so it really works for anything. And and we're pitching all the time, whether we realize it or not, even if it's not in, in an exchange for some kind of money, it's like, I'm pitching my husband on where I want to go to eat. I'm pitching my kids on what I, you know, what, how much pad time. I mean, that's really more negotiating Uh of like how much pad time they're going to get. I know um, that fight. I yes. know that fight so well. It's it's so true. I mean, we're she's we're not pitching, even three, right? And it's like you're already negotiating and like trying to compromise, and that's the thing. We're we're always pitching people on our ideas and what it is that we believe and what it is that we have to say, and we're wanting them to come on board with those thoughts and those. I mean, that's really what influence is. It's the power of positive persuasion, and so, you know it's like the air that we breathe. I mean, we're not going to run away from it. We don't hide from it. So we might as well learn the really clear cut, simple, strong ways of doing it. If it's such a part of the way our just daily communication with the world around us. So you gave us some really good questions that we need to be kind of asking ourselves as we formulate this pitch, say that we've got, you know, what we feel is a really strong pitch letter to somebody. We know who we want to go after. We know what brands we want to pitch. Now, how do we go about, you know, we're, we're not working in an agency. How do we go about finding the, the right people to get in contact with? 
I think that yeah, some people so, can feel like they just punching it, you know, about dot, you know, about at whatever company.com. Right. I mean, that's one way. And this is the thing, like in 2022, when people come to me and they're like, Julie, I just can't find. And I'm like, really, you can't find contacts, LinkedIn, Twitter, yep. Google, Instagram DM. Like you can't, this is not 2007 when I literally had to Google, like on every press release, there's a phrase that says for immediate release. And I was trying to get a job and it, I knew no one in New York. But I remember from college in one of my PR classes that there's that phrase for immediate release on every press release. So I started putting in quotations in the Google search for immediate release. And then I would put, you know, Maroon 5, Lenny Kravitz, just hoping that a publicist contact, a press release would show up with a PR contact on it. That was 2007. That's really clever. There was no LinkedIn. There was no Instagram. There was barely Twitter. There was Facebook for for college kids. I mean, there was nothing. And I literally pitched probably 75 publicists and got a job in a matter of six weeks from just that one hack, which you can still use today. We can get off this phone and you guys could go and do four immediate release in quotes and then like a brand or a name or a company. But now it's so much easier. Just, you know, pay for the... How, what is it? 10, 15 bucks a month for the LinkedIn pro it's worth mm-hmm. it, you know, and all the contacts are there. Any yeah. contact for, for any business, any nonprofit, any entrepreneur, any college, anything is on LinkedIn. If you want media contacts, they're usually on Twitter. So you could just start searching for, you know, the media outlet that you're wanting to connect with. You can find a lot of freelancers on there. Twitter's a great place for that. Um, DMing a lot of my students will just DM the brands or the companies that they want to work with. Yeah. And then they'll get a contact that way. And then they'll take the conversation offline into or off social media into email. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, imagine, ask. I imagine these people can vary. Like it might be at one brand, it might be like they have a PR person, but it might also just be their general marketing coordinator. So it's like you kind of have or to they like hire it out to another company. Right. They hire it out to a third party. And that's, you know, it's it's it does take a little bit of, it doesn't take as much work as it used to take me. Like when I would have to hunt down these contacts, because again, it's so easy now to find contacts. What I always recommend my students to do is you have to get really clear first on like, who are you wanting to reach and why, and what is the angle? So that way you're not trying to search 50,000 different contacts into a void. You have a really clean cut. Okay. Today, I'm going to go find these 10 contacts. That's the goal. And I'm not going to stop until I get these 10 contacts. And then once I have these 10 contacts, then I'm going to write my pitches, make sure those are clear, ready to go. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to send them out and okay. then I'm going to follow up and then, you know, and then it go, you go on and on from there. So now that we've kind of talked about, you know, formulating that pitch, going out and finding those people, this show is about content creation. What? Should I, I know we're not waiting for any like, you know, PR fairy to kind of drop in our drop things right. in our lap anymore. You know, we're looking to get our stuff out there. What should we be proactively doing in terms of content creation to kind of be able to show, you know, say we're starting just starting out. What should we be doing with our content creation to kind of show these these mm. contacts that we found in our pitches links, you know, here's mm-hmm. my Instagram, here's my, my portfolio. What, what kind of, what, what should we be trying to create so that we can say, Hey, we have something to say, you know, 
And or that further, yeah. su- further supports your pitch, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Say. Yeah. And I, I mean, if you're a content creator, you are already miles ahead because you know how to create content and pitching is just another form of content creation. It's more sales content, but it's content no less. And so, um, you know, my first feedback is like, you don't send a novel. No one has time to read a novel in their inbox or in their DMs. You want to make it super short and sweet and to the point. And it's simple. Who are you? What do you, you know, how do you serve? What is it that you're offering? And why should I care? And just super clear on that. Um, The biggest mistake with content creation inside pitches that I see is that people tend to always make it about themselves and not the person that they're pitching. So it's like, my name is Susie. I do this. I help these people. And I want this from you. And this is what I need in order to make that happen. Me, 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 me. Instead of coming from the place of, I would love to collaborate with you. What is it that you're looking for? What is it that moves the needle for you? You know, as a company, as a brand, as a business, as a you know client, what would make this a win-win? And that's where you have to really get curious and do your research on the people that you're pitching. Following following someone is not doing your research. You know, listening to scrolling someone's and I, I mean, I'm sure you guys get this too with your podcast. Like, I get so many people pitching me for my podcast, and it's yeah. like. Just looking at my last episode title and putting that in the pitch is also not doing your research. You know, it's like, I loved your episode on this. And then they go and pitch something that has nothing to do with my podcast. So yes, you have to invest some time because what you have to remember is that the other people on the other end of this pitch, they're human beings with thoughts and feelings and emotions and challenges and, you know, things about life that drive them. We, we can't be robots. Like we, we have to form that human, human connection. That is what makes a, a pitch, a great pitch. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's really what, what is the difference between not getting a response back and getting a response back is really humanizing the pitch. And I call it the spotlight method. You've got to take the spotlight off of you and spotlight it on the person or the brand or the company that you are pitching. And how are you providing value to that person? with your pitch. So with that being said, though, at the same time, you have to like that value. How are you going to provide value? I'm assuming, you know, when you pitch somebody, you might link up your portfolio, you might link up your Instagram, if it's like a brand deal, right? Like you almost need to have make sure that you have some of these like back end supporters, like, like I can bring you I can this is what I can bring, you know, offer you to the table to the table, because I have x, y, and z. So there's like all this other like yes. content that you need to be having, whether it's you know, if you say you can do X, Y, and Z, like, and you they're going to want, they're going to want proof of that. Right. Right. So, so your right. content creation, I guess, you know, the daily content that we're creating, whether like I'm a service based, you know, I'm a service based business, I'm a photographer. So I need to, you know, if I wanted to pitch a podcast about, you know, how I approach my photography style, like I should, you know, have a well-rounded or, a, you know, my website and my Instagram and all of my portfolio should reflect that, right? Like you need to make sure, For like sure. if you're missing holes, like, right. Is there, is there, is there any, I don't know, reason why you don't need that stuff or like, is that true? Like, I would think that you'd want to make sure you have all this stuff kind of. I mean, I think that that goes without saying, but yeah. if we have to say it, then I like, I everything that I am saying goes with the with the idea that you have 
the credibility to back it up. Yeah. Like your website is the doorway into your business. Your bio is locked in. And it doesn't matter if you, if you've never worked with a brand before, it's like, I'm sure you've worked with someone where are your testimonials. Right. You know, I'm Mm -hmm. sure that you've, you know, let's say you're pitching a podcast, but you've never been on a podcast before. That's fine. But what, what is it that people are saying about your content, your work, your services, how you provide your services? You really do. You need to have the website locked in. You need to make sure the content is consistent. Like, like the personal branding elements should be in place before you get started pitching. Um, So do the work before you do the work. Get, the, Essentially. get yourself done. Yes. And, and I think that it's also important to remember that when you're pitching someone, you don't need to also come out of the gate, like overloading them with information. I never recommend like putting, you can links, hyperlink stuff in, in a pitch, but that initial pitch, don't be adding your press kit or, a de- you know, don't be adding all of that stuff on the front end. It's too overwhelming. I mean, Think about the amount of pitches that you got as a TV producer. Yeah. If you were having to read novels of of copy and then you had all these, you know, PDFs that you had to open, would you, I wouldn't, you're not going to spend time doing all of that. You're too busy. No. So it's like, how do we make this? I sent it so, to somebody else. <laughs> exactly. You're like, get this. Ooh, don't want it. Like we yeah. don't want to repel people before they have the opportunity to connect with us. So how are you using the content in a way that enriches the goal? Like, what is the goal and how are you creating this, this pitch and the content surrounding it to enrich that? So for example, if we'll take yours, like if you're a photographer and you're wanting to pitch yourself for a podcast, have you done any podcasts before? Let's just say if like we're chatting, yeah. you have. So yep. there, so I wouldn't even link the podcast. I would mention like, you know, there's other, you know, I have discussed this before on podcasts such as X, Y, and Z maybe link it, but like I would maybe, or maybe not, you can test that out and see, but I would make that, I would plug it in just enough to where they know that you have discussed that and, you know, you built that platform, but I'm, I'm not going to inundate them and like have the, have the people that I'm pitching have to go down all these different rabbit trails to like, look at things unless they ask. Right. And usually that's, that's like, you know, three or four emails in, when you like before you start to get to the offer and the negotiation, that's where you add all of that stuff. It's kind of like you want to you want that hook. That's all the pitch is, yeah. right? It's like like you want to stop. You want to stop the scroll. <laughs> stop scroll. So it's like stop. You know, making me go and see all fifteen thousand different links is not going to stop my scroll. So it's it's simply like, who are you? Why should that matter? What are you offering? What makes that juicy, special, and unique? which is really your service and your impact mm-hmm. and, and um, how can you help? I think you oh. brought up a really good point too, that this isn't something that you just send an email and you're going to get an automatic yes, or no, that's even why an automatic like, you, no. You got to send out like 30. And that's when you get this refined, when your pitch is locked in and you have those contacts, 30 pitches in 20 minutes, easy. That's literally just name and email, maybe tweaking a couple of sentences to personalize it a little bit more, but then you're done like this. It does take a little bit of prep work, but it's, it's, if you have the framework, then it's going to go a lot faster than just being like, I don't know, you know, I want to bake this cake, but like, oh, I didn't know I was supposed to have eggs. Now I have to go get eggs or like, I didn't know I was supposed to have (sighs) flour. 
but it's like, if you've got all the ingredients in the kitchen right there, then yeah. you're going to be able to plop them all in and get it baked. If you've got to go out to the store and hunt and gather, it's going to take a little bit more time. Or if you don't know the ingredients, it's going to take more time. Yeah. I think that's a very encouraging thing to say because I think a lot of reasons why people don't pitch is because they think of it as just a ton of work and that, yes, in, in the beginning, it is. It does take that work. As you said, it takes the research. It takes the time to figure out what makes you special and get that down in some kind of a succinct matter, you know, succinct way and also to show people like you have something to offer. So that 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 takes the time. But you're right that once you get that down and it's clear and, as I said, concise, you're right. You can just change a couple things and send out those pitches right away. And in the end, it, it while you might have done a lot of front loading on the work, you kind of make it easy in the end. Yeah. And I mean, it's like my program takes three hours to get through. I've had I have had women come in, do it in three hours and get a brand deal that night and make two twenty five hundred dollars same day. Like they buy it that morning. They go through it. They take a template. They tweak it. They send it to a brand. They get an offer. So it's really about having the right framework in place. It just cuts out so much time. And that's, I think that's the biggest thing because people will spend years advocating for their limitations and making things so much more difficult than it is. They will spend years going down rabbit holes, scrolling things, trying to piecemeal something together instead of just being like, here's a framework. Let me just invest in this. And yeah. like get it faster and easier than ever before, because we are hardwired to, I think, say no. And this is the other thing too. Psychologically, we are high, high, uh, high hardwired to say no before we're going to say yes. So you also want to get the no out, out of the way. It's like, you want to get the no. Great. We've gotten the no out of the way. Now let's move to the yes. I like, I like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's, it's just oh, like a, a cover letter, you know, on a resume. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's and, essentially you know, what it is. Yeah. It's just short and sweet. And I mean, I have a client, Carly, her offer is her curly hair. It's the hair on her head. Wow. If you, walk into, an, if you walk into an Ulta store right now, you will see her splashed all over the store. Cause she got a massive brand deal with a curly shampoo company. And so wow. now she was, she was like the face of their spring brand. And it was so amazing. She said, I saw it. She sent me this picture of like her and an Ulta, like looking at her photo. Oh, that's so and, cool. And literally it's just her curly hair. <laughs> this no. ethereal, crazy thing you had to come up with. And she just pitched the brand on, because in that space of curly hair, it's hard to maintain curly hair. It's hard to keep yeah. it healthy. If you want the really tight curls, there's a certain process that you have to do with that. And so she's really capitalized on all the different ways that you can style and maintain and keep healthy curly hair. And there's going to be a niche brand out there that loves that. So again, it doesn't have to be this crazy daunting thing. Um, the other thing is you can just simply say in a DM, like, Hey, I'm working on this project. I have this idea. I would love to chat with you about it. Is this something you would be interested in? What now this could, this could work too. So I'm just trying to think of like my context. So I, I photograph, you know, personal brands, like I'm a personal brand photographer, but you know, with that being such a valuable skill, you know, I've never really thought about pitching myself as like a content creator influencer to work with brands that might align with my audience or so, 
I'm assuming that you have people in that situation that have joined your course where it's like, Mm -hmm. they might be a service provider, never really thought of themselves as like an influencer or someone that can monetize their platform outside of their traditional services. Right. I mean, we have makeup artists, photographers, um, you know, yoga instructors. I mean, we have a slew of service providers that then use their expertise and essentially their own personal brand to then leverage opportunities, whether it be branded opportunities, sponsorship opportunities, media opportunities. So they're not only pitching to try to get more clients, but they're pitching to kind of, you know, really create their own. And this is where like that word influencer, people are like, I'm not an influencer. And it's like, are you online trying to spread a message and make money? If the answer is yes, then you are someone with influence whether you want to believe it or not, you know, you may not be a butt model. That's like, you know, <laughs> like trying to sell sugar yeah. bear hair. I, I feel like that's when people think of influencers, they think of these like bikini models with their bottoms out, you know? And it's like, yes, I get that. You're not that. Or that's that you're definitely not trying, not <laughs> right. Definitely not. But you're still someone that wants to create, create impact and that has something to share. And so you have to start honoring that influence that you do have and that you do want to cultivate. Mm-hmm. And, and it's okay to call you yourself an influencer. That's fine. Like it's, no one's going to shame you for it or shun you for it, but it has to start with you. And so, and really like rooting into that. So I yeah. have, I think more so than not, when I first started with, with the course, it was more bloggers, content creators, influencers that were interested. But as we've gone on to scale, you know, we have just as many service providers, you know, if not more than just strictly quote unquote content creators in there. Um, and it's really, it's really cool to see what they do there. There's a travel photographer in there that, um, ended up creating this entire arm to her brand because she she became, she wanted to shoot at these really luxurious resorts. And she wanted to kind of, she was like, how could I be different? Because a lot of photographers are coming here and just kind of shooting the same stuff. And so she got her scuba diving certification and started to pitch resorts that were known to have coral reef areas around them. And so then she would say, I'm going to come to resort. I'm going to shoot your resort, but I'm also a certified scuba diver. So I'm also going to go offsite to your preferred companies, like where you recommend your, the people that stay at your resort go for Mm -hmm. snorkeling or scuba diving. And I'm going to start to shoot that. And then I will give you that content that you can use in your marketing and you know, she could your, theoretically relicense yeah. those images to the exactly. tra- to the like the adventure brand, the tourism, that, the, tourism the tourist company. Yeah, that's all of that. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, it's kind of reminding me of like when you have uh, I I started off like before I got into television, I was an actor, and like how you would put on your your resume like all of your special skills, and it would seem like the silliest thing in the world. Horseback riding, yeah, it's yes. Like- British British accent or you know Cockney accent or I can roller skate or something stupid like that and that might right. be the difference between you getting a job booking a job yes. or not booking a job right. and that just kind of reminds me about of, of that kind of situation yeah. yeah I had um one of one of the students um Lorena she she when she came into the program she was she had been trying to 
you know, she was a content creator, lifestyle content creator. And she was trying, she'd been trying to monetize it for a very long time. And she would get like gifted things from brands, but she couldn't quite figure it out. And, you know, as we started to work together, cause I do weekly coaching inside the container every Wednesday. And so people can come to me with their questions. I'll review their pitches and we'll chat. So I get to know a lot of the students and like three months in, you know, it's like, it wasn't hitting. And I was like, Lorena, what is going on? Because like the pictures are good. We came to find out she is fluent in Spanish, had never told anybody that she was fluent in Spanish, had never told anybody that she was from South America. We added that in her pitch and it was like game over. She went from making like 5,000 bucks to over $125,000 in nine months, just by letting people know that Spanish was her first, which she was fluent in Spanish and English and that she was from South America because there were so many brands that were interested in having that hook and that angle. So a lot of times it's like to what you're saying, there's, there could be something that is literally right in front of our faces that we aren't even seeing as a valuable resource mm-hmm. that could be the precipice for, for everything. Hmm. I I love hearing that because it's just impressive. <laughs> so impressive. many, so many of my useless what I've thought of as useless skills might come back yeah. into back into play as I go. Well, Julie, this has been an amazing show. I think that so many people are going to get a lot out of it, especially the idea of pitching. I don't think a, I think a lot of people just think that, as I said, the the, the fairy is going to come in and mm-hmm. give them some kind of um, <laughs> money or some. I know that sometimes yeah, that I'm I mean, like, why love- is things happening. We love to think that way because it allows us, I think, and this is just like a hard truth. The payoff to believing that is that the problem and the solution is out there and we don't have control over it. So it allows us to kind of stay in this state of like the poor me's of like, well, you know, I haven't been offered anything yet, so it's not my fault. I can't do anything about it. Yeah. It's not my fault. I'm not getting what I want. It's not my fault. I haven't hit that revenue goal. It's not my fault. I haven't gotten that job promotion yet because they haven't offered it to me yet. It's like, but if well, you're not going out and getting it yourself, right? Right. You can't hide and expect to be seen. You can't, you can't, you have to mm. ask for what you want. I mean, that is the number one rule. Like if you're not asking for what you want, then you're not going to get what you want. Which and is so like really, on your book right there behind you. <laughs> so right. It's like, right that there. Is, which is the, there's, Perfect there's a whole name. chapter. There's a whole ta- chapter on pitching, chapter seven, and I okay. I lay out a lot, a lot more um, for anyone who wants to grab the book and start to kind of dive into this. Um, each chapter has some prompts at the end. There are some pitch templates in there to get you started, mm-hmm. and then the next chapter is on negotiating and the art of negotiating. Which I mean, that could be a whole other podcast mm-hmm. episode mm-hmm. because. That's a whole other thing, but I would definitely say for those, like, check out the book, check out, you know, the whole book, but you'll, if you, if you've loved this conversation on pitching, you'll really love those two chapters about pitching and then negotiating. And, um, and if you want to learn more about Pitch It Perfect or any of the other services that I offer, you can go to juliesolomon.net. You can go to pitchitperfect.net, um, and, and see what's, what's going on there with all that. And your book is titled Get What You Want by Julie Solomon. Yes. How to go Perfect. from unseen to unstoppable. It's available July 7th, wherever books are sold. There's also an audible for those who like to listen to Perfect. books. Um, you can grab that too. And then of course I'm over on the influencer podcast for anyone who wants to listen each week over there. 
I, I am a weekly listener, so I will look forward to hearing. I actually think I got an email from you about your new episode right before we jumped on here. <laughs> yes, you probably did. So I'll, I'll be hopping over to listen to that one after, after we wrap this up. Well, Julie, thank you so much. This has been wonderful talking mm-hmm. with you. I know I'm going to be checking out the book. I've all, I know I've kind of danced around the pitch it perfect, uh, wanting to join. So I think I might have to pull the trigger on that. So thank you so yeah. much for talking with us. Yes. Thank of you. Course. It's been fantastic. Thank you. So I think Julie really said it all. Um, I just know that for me, what I'm going to be doing is I will be working on my own pitch. Um, I might be looking at that pitch at Perfect. I know I've kind of danced around it for a while. um, So I might look at that when that reopens uh, in July and see if maybe I can refine my pitch because I just... Like I said, I, I just haven't been doing it because of the time that I feel like it involves. And I think that now now that Julie's kind of broken it down, like, yeah, okay, you got to do the work first, but how quickly it can come in after the fact that that it's almost like, all right, I'll do all this work as long as you promise me that it'll be easy at the end. You know? <laughs> right, right, right. Which is, you know, a little well, cheap way of getting it done. Well, I think you make it part of your workflow of running a business, just like you set aside time and I set aside time to do my, you know, content creating for Instagram and YouTube and all the things it's setting aside that half hour where you have your list of pitches, um, and doing that. And I remember one of our other guests, um, uh, Maya Sharpie, And she had mentioned this to me years ago. So I've known her for a while. And she said that when she went freelance, she almost, you know, had to, you know, the work didn't get thrown at her. She had to pitch places to work with. And every week, I remember she told me, she's like, Wednesdays were my days to reach out to my Mm. list of contacts. Remember she, did she say that? Yeah, yeah, I couldn't she remember she had said that because she had mentioned it to me even before our podcast. And I think yeah. she did mention it on the So I think you make it part of your your overall well, marketing said, like, strategy. That Tuesday and Thursday between nine and ten seems to be the time. That, I mean, that's at least what she had mentioned for yeah. her clients, you know. And I think um, the the other thing is just having the confidence in yourself. I think that sometimes we just think, well, why why would somebody want to work with me? you know, building up that brand, but also that confidence that you need to go out there and and send out those pitches. And, you know, and the other thing was asking people why with the no, that really got me because I know when I was working in television, I don't think one person came back at me and asked, well, why? If I, if I came back and said, you know what, that doesn't really work for us at this time, you know, we'll follow up with you if anything changes. I never got a, well, why? Yeah. So, which is kind of funny to me because now she's saying that that's kind of standard in the industry. So obviously I wasn't working with some very good <laughs> right. publicists, um, right. but you know, with me, when I send out a pitch and I either don't hear or somebody does come back with a no, it's like, I kind of tuck my tail between my legs. I'm like, okay. And I like run away. Yeah. So that is, that is another thing that I'm going to be working into my, my workflow is if I do get that no, well, why? Mm-hmm, I would love mm-hmm. to know what 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 else you would want me to bring to the table that could turn this around mm-hmm, kind of mm-hmm. idea. So. Yeah. All right. Well, as we said, Julie kind of covered it all. So we'll keep this short. Thanks so much for listening to Cocktails and Content Creation. You can follow us on Instagram at Cocktails and Content Creation. You can follow me on Instagram at Fashionably Kate and Co. 
And I'm Jesse Wyman. You can follow me on Instagram. I'm Jesse Wyman Photos. Or you can follow me at the Brand Photographer Method if you want to learn more about brand photography. Make sure to tune in next time for another great episode of Cocktails and Content Creation. Until then, cheers to your next cocktail. And happy content creating.